2: And no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: Mallor here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst
0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything.
3: at t
1: Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, and to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com. You can find it there, or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. I feel like we've been here before. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere, coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network emanating live from inside the magic radio box, also known as the Geico FSR Studios. Hope you are doing well and I know you're doing better than Clayton Kershaw and Dave Roberts, as the National League Championship Series is our lead? We're talking baseball. It continued in Arlington, Texas, with a lot of wind. The winds of change were blowing. And it was a domination situation. Now, it wasn't a domination situation early in Game 4, but it turned in. To that I don't know if you watched it or not. If you did, you probably didn't watch the entire thing. You might have missed it. So the Atlanta Braves turning to one of the flotsam and jetsam of their pitching staff, a guy named Bryce Wilson, uh, not regarded highly at all, and he put on a pitching clinic against the Dodgers. with. <laughs> which, yeah, you know, It's just on brand, right? I mean, a guy that was a nobody became a somebody against you. And the Dodgers are now on life support. Their season is—I believe they're—they're they're in hospice care at this point. Uh, six one-hit innings for someone named Bryce Wilson. Are you bleeping kidding me? The game was actually even until the sixth inning, when the thing that could go wrong did go wrong—the inevitable. It's like watching a volcano, and you're waiting for the hot lava to fly out of the volcano. And you know, the longer that that persons in the game, the the, the the more the chance of the Volcano is going to happen. And Clayton Kershaw, of course, who took a spin on the Vomit Comet, yet again, they should rename the Vomit Comet the Kershaw is what they should do. Now, the Braves, who didn't do much of anything for the beginning part of the game here, ended up tuning up Kershaw like he was a piano there, and also the bullpen. By the time the fateful inning had ended in the sixth, it wasn't all Kershaw, it was also our guy Bruzdar, the fat guy, who came in and he sucked, uh, and uh, for for six runs, Atlanta scored six runs. They put a six-spot up in the sixth inning. They go on to a 10-2 win. Marcel Ozuna hit a pair of home runs. He had been pretty quiet, a couple home runs. He had four hits, drove in four runs, and the Atlanta Braves look like the the better team throughout here. Uh, obviously, they got their lunch handed to them in game three, but Atlanta is up 3-1 to one now as we sit here in real time. And they have not one, not two, but three opportunities, and they still have in their back pocket their two top pitchers, who are in in the in the clubhouse ready to go here for the the last couple of games of the NLCS, which could very well end on Friday night if they win one of those games, Atlanta. Then. Obviously, the Braves go to the World Series. First time since back in the 90s that Atlanta will go to the World Series. And much of the consternation, the better story, obviously, in the losing locker room here, the Dodgers, the favorite before the playoffs to get to the World Series. They seemingly are that every year. Uh, and, And the consternation here was directed at two people, Dave Roberts and Clayton Kershaw. Roberts, for not taking Kershaw out of the game after the fifth inning, and also Kershaw for his horrific performance uh, in, in general. In I liked him in that spot. I really blowing did. Blowing it, right? And the, the implication is kind of obvious here. The implication is that Dave Roberts is such a stumble bum that that decision or lack of decision to take Kershaw out cost the Dodgers of the game. Now, let's hear from the participants here, the, the people involved in this. Here's Dave Roberts, and he, he addresses the theme that kershaw is a choke artist in the plus which by the way he is but dave roberts can't say that because he's the dodger manager so here is dave roberts getting his tap dance shoes on and trying to defend clayton kershaw the worst post game or worst postseason pitcher kershaw's worst postseason pitcher uh in forever uh but here is roberts he
4: came out and, you know, five innings, one run, and then, the, you know, again, we just, you know, what happened right there in that sixth inning, but he gave us a chance to win the baseball game. You know, we couldn't put any runs up uh, early and get a lead and um, or hold a lead, you know, after the Eddie home run, but uh, that, that narrative uh, couldn't be further from the truth.
1: Uh, no, it couldn't be closer to the truth. It's right in the middle of the bullseye, Dave. I mean, what do you think? The Dodger fan's a moron? You think that Dodger fan's an idiot at this point? Come on. I mean, they're not all idiots, Dave. Some of these people actually know what's going on. I mean, you lie right to their face with that. All right, here's more. Here's uh, Clayton Kershaw. Boy, he's also, I, I'm an expert at doing monologues after the Dodgers blow games in the playoffs. Clayton Kershaw's an expert at addressing reporters after he goes out there and looks dazed and confused after pitching decently and then all of a sudden, kaboom, uh, here is Kershaw on what the hell happened in that sixth inning. It would have been nice to get Acuna out. You know, he's pretty quick right there and it's just kind of playing part of playing on turf. You know, he kind of chopped that one up and... Um, You know, Freddie had two strikes on on him and probably just went one too many pitches inside. And he hit it good, but it was on the ground. And still with two strikes, probably got to make a better pitch. And, yeah, it's it's a tough way to go for that sixth inning for sure. Yeah. The turf monster. See, that turf, if it only had been on natural grass, the turf monster wouldn't have gotten it. And then here's Kershaw admiring a Marcelo Zuna's moonshot. He's just a good hitter. You know, he had a great, uh, great year this year. He's had lots of great years. He's a good hitter. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I made a few mistakes to him. I think maybe some other guys did too. But he, uh, you know, he didn't miss. That's what, uh, that's what good hitters do. Yeah. So, Clayton, tell me what good pitchers do. Do they get those guys out every once in a while? I, mean, I don't know. I, you know. Tell me like I'm five years, old, five years old here, Clayton, what the hell's going on. Now, the, the, the discussion, and here's the question. We're going to frame it this way. Is Dave Roberts... Or is Clayton Kershaw more to blame, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, for this latest Dodger playoff debacle? So they're both to blame. I'm going to give an edge to Kershaw, though. You can't cop out and say both. So I'm going to give an edge to Kershaw. I've got Gremlins, Cord Cutter, and Townie. And we will combine all these things together. Now, hey, Clayton Kershaw continues to get opportunity after opportunity to slay the demons in the postseason uh, of postseason's past. And year after year, to his credit, Clayton Kershaw finds new and imaginative ways to add more demons in his closet. It's always something with this guy, and we have become Rhodes scholars here on Playoff Kershaw. We have. And the the scary thing about this is we had previewed the playoffs, and we said this very thing, a version of this very thing, that no matter how good Kershaw looks on the mound, how dominant he looks, you're never more than a couple of pitches away from having a stomach ache and wanting to turn the TV and watch something else because it's about to become Chernobyl Reactor 4 with Clayton Kershaw. And if Kershaw, if he was like a movie character, I got the perfect movie character for Clayton Kershaw, he would be like a gremlin, right? I'm going to tell you why. Let me explain. So the, the old gremlin character back in the day looks cute and playful, right? And Kershaw looks dominant, and harmless in the regular season, regular season Kershaw, and then when the postseason comes around, all right, you know that you know the deal with Gremlins. He gets uh, water poured on him, and they Dave Roberts feeds him after midnight, and then all hell breaks loose. And it's just like the Gremlins, right? You just don't don't put water on the Gremlins. Don't give them water. Don't feed them after midnight. Clayton Kershaw apologists. Now these people really bother me. Uh, the excuse making for Clayton Kershaw. It's never his fault. There's no accountability, right? Uh, it's blame Roberts. And listen, Roberts deserves some blame, but it's, it's Kershaw's the guy on the mound. Blame the offense, right? Yeah, the offense wasn't good. Give credit to the other guys. Kershaw, he pitched well for five innings. What do you want him to do? You know what I say to that? Whoopty damn do okay? The game situation demanded that Clayton Kershaw be better. Right? Why can't he ever be better? The Dodgers needed Mad Bum. They, mad bu- this guy, not even a Hall of Famer, Madison Bumgarner. The greatest postseason pitcher in my life for the damn Giants. This guy in every big game. He had the biggest balls in the ballpark. And Kershaw, well, I think you know he's the opposite there. Swashbuckling gladiator, Madison Bumgarner. And Kershaw, the Dodgers got this guy. He melts like butter. Like butter on movie popcorn, right? He turns into Waylon Smithers of the Simpsons is what he does in these big spots. You have to match the other guy pitch for pitch. Hello? It's called competition. It's called competition. Listen, rise to the challenge. Why is that so difficult? And, and I don't, you know, the, the whole clutch gene thing and all that. Bryce Wilson, for God's sakes. That was a timeless performance who? by a nobody for the Atlanta Braves who became a somebody. Six innings, one hit, one walk. Uh, the, he gave up the home run, obviously, which was the hit. Five strikeouts. The guy, Wilson, faced 20 batters. He got first pitch strikes on 80% of the batters that he faced. 80%, the most important pitch strike one. And this was a nip and tuck game. And and the question was, who is going to cave in first? We know the answer. We know who caves in first every time, right? You fold it up against a 22-year-old who had no resume of success. Now, part B of this. So Clayton Kershaw continues to be the old riddle wrapped in an enigma. An abysmal failure in key moments in the postseason. But we're not supposed to say that because he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Everyone around the Dodgers... Bites their tongue. You heard Dave Roberts earlier here in this monologue. They shrug their shoulders. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, it's a house of horrors. The Dodgers franchise has to move on. I said this last year. I'm going to repeat myself. Maybe one of these years they'll listen. They're being held hostage by his regular season performance. And how about you try something new? Uh, and, and, and that narrative, well, it's going to be different for Kershaw this year because he didn't pitch all those innings during the regular season. There was only a two-month regular season, so Kershaw would be fresher. He would be better in the playoffs and all that. Well, he pitched well against the Brewers and the Padres, fine. But when they needed him here in the NLCS, which I still don't think he has all the miles on the odometer, he puked. He puked all over the place. Right? So again, we said it last year after he uh, he sucked against the Washington Nationals uh in the playoff game at Dodger Stadium and we'll say it again. Uh the Dodgers have to become cord cutters, right? They they have to take their scissors out and they have to cut the cord. The cord to Kershaw. It's going to be painful. People will be upset. A lot of people will be upset by it, but this would be mutually beneficial. My advice here is to leave Clayton Kershaw in Texas when the team loses. The NLCS just leave him in Texas and trade him to the Texas Rangers so he can live. You know, he's from the Dallas area. Let him go play in Arlington. Let him pitch for the hometown Rangers. They got that new ballpark there. End the game of charades. I don't even care. The, the The Rangers what they trade back is irrelevant. They can send some Texas barbecue sauce or something like that. I don't really care. I don't. Just take Kershaw, have him, you know, celebrate him. Greatest left-handed pitcher in the regular season in generations, uh, one of the all-time greats. Just enjoy him, enjoy Clayton Kershaw. Have have Clayton Kershaw. Don't. But the Dodgers can't be afraid, right? They get, uh, the, the National. Let me give you an example. The Washington Nationals watched Bryce Harper, their franchise centerpiece, go choke on a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. They then went out and proceeded to win the World Series the very next season. uh, Is it addition by subtraction? Give it a shot because I know the status quo is not working. Okay, the status quo is not working because you're about to be finito and done again. All right, last word here. So this does not mean, while I'm blaming Kershaw for most of this, this does not mean that Dave Roberts gets immunity like he's a cheating astro because that's not the case. Roberts has his own set of issues. It appears that he's got guaranteed lifetime employment like a Supreme Court justice. I don't remember, I don't recall, maybe you can tell me when did they have the hearings on Capitol Hill so Dave Roberts got lifetime employment. I don't I don't know when that was, but why he has lifetime employment, your guess is as good as mine. I would I would imagine it's because the puppeteers in the Dodger front office like the fact that Dave Roberts is a good puppet. Now we happen to be numb to Dave Roberts' stick during the playoffs. And the thing is, his juggling of in-game pitching decisions, it's, an, it's enough to cause nausea is what it is. And the only thing that analytics cannot walk you through is the in-game pitching change. Right? That's the only thing. When is the time to give the heave ho to your pitcher? Every move that Dave Roberts makes when it comes to the, the pitching staff is a kamikaze mission in the playoffs. You, you have to use your gut, and, and you've got to thread a needle in these in-game decisions. And Dave Roberts has the uncanny success rate. He's below the Mendoza line. And it's also the entire mindset, which is annoying. Like the, It's not totally institutional incompetence, but the Dodgers are satisfied. They like the fact that they are perennially in the playoffs. They own the National League West. And they're in the playoffs every year, and they're okay with this. You know, they'd like to win a World Series. It would be nice to win a World Series. But they don't seem too upset by the blooper reel that they update every October here. And so my advice is they should put Townie from Waterboy, Rob Schneider, they should put him on the... Payroll, so he can announce to the team before the playoffs there, he can shout, Oh, no! We suck again! Right? Just like that. Now, the I got to tell you, the players on other teams, I saw it. I saw it. I don't know if you saw it. On my TV, I was watching on Fox Sports 1. I saw the faces of the Atlanta Brave players. They knew this was a gotcha moment. They knew. And this is an open secret around baseball. If the fans know it, the players know it around baseball. Like you play the Dodgers in the postseason, you are never that far away, never that far away from being the beneficiary of their calamity. You just got to keep it close, right? Just keep it close and they will urinate all over themselves. It is going to happen. It happens. It happens every time, every year it happens. All right, this is the Ben Maller Show. If you That felt better. I don't care if you liked it. That felt better for me. Uh, if you'd like to be part, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We will take your phone calls. You can be part of the festivities. The statistical experts are checking in. Also, the no fun police are upset. We'll get to those stories as well, and we will do it Next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Maller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com To get started, not sure where to begin, use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Redistine tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should
2: be. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin.
1: Old faces in new places. It's football style. Welcome in the beginning of another hour. It's the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere, coast to coast, border to border, and beyond as we bloviate the overnight hours away on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network, emanating live from inside the Magic Radio Box better known by its nickname, the Geico FSR Studios. And we're glad you have spent some time here hanging out with us. We'll move away from the baseball, and we will move on to football. Now, typically, a football show, a football hour on our show following a Thursday into a Friday would be the Thursday night NFL game. There was no NFL game on Thursday night because the schedule was changed to accommodate the Corona the COVID-19, and so there was no Thursday night game. The Buffalo Bills were supposed to play in the Thursday night game. I think it would have been pretty amusing if they had made the Bills play on Thursday after playing on Tuesday just to see what would have happened. Maybe they would have played better. Tennessee didn't practice, and they came out and played great. Anyway, so this is not about that. Years ago, when I was running a gossip website, I did that for a long time, I had a lot of success with it, And then social media kind of killed it. But when I was doing that as my daily grind, and then I did weekend radio, the gossip website, we had a couple of catchphrases that we believed in on that website. That a rumor is just a fact that has yet to be discovered. And today's rumors are tomorrow's news. Right? We believe that. And often that was proven correct. Both those mantras have held true in this latest NFL news cycle. Now, I think you know where I'm going with this, but possibly not. So at the very end of our last show, I told you in that final hour, there were some rumors that were going around in the overnight that a certain running back was about to sign with Team X, and we named the team. And it was, it was uncorroborated at that time, but it was a juicy rumor. So we threw it out there. Why not? Well, it turns out that it happened. The Kansas City Chiefs have agreed to terms with the notorious Levy on Bell, formerly of the J-E-T-S. Suck, suck, suck. And he is now headed to the heartland, and he will be hanging out in Kansas City. A one-year incentive-laden contract. Doesn't need much money. The Jets are paying him a ton. And this was the rumor that had been percolating, as we said, around the NFL in the overnight last night. Now it is reality. It is reportedly, as we said, based on how he performs, he will get paid. Incentive-laden, which means if he doesn't play or doesn't play well, then he's not going to get much of anything out of the Chiefs. Now, due to the COVID-19 protocols that have been placed in, Le'Veon Bell, who could play this weekend, he was getting ready to play for the Jets before they fired him, He's not going to be allowed to play. The the NFL is saying, no, they're putting the kibosh on that. So Le'Veon Bell will be ineligible to suit up against the Buffalo Bills on Monday. Now that leaves week seven for him to make his debut against the Broncos. Uh, And that would be his Chiefs debut, assuming nothing wonky happens between now and then. So let us discuss. A lot of publicity. This is a big NFL story the last 24 hours. The question, what are the chances that an abject failure from the Jets, Le'Veon Bell, has a career renaissance in Kansas City? So I'm going to set the odds on this. We like to set odds. We're an amateur sportsbook here in the overnight. I'm going to set the odds at plus 230, which implies only a 30% chance that this has a really happy ending for Le'Veon Bell. A really happy ending. So I've got golden rules, brainwashing, and indictment, and we will connect all these things together. Now, first of all, uh, Le'Veon Bell has been guilty of embezzlement. Right? We we walked through this the other day. It certainly bears repeating. But his time with the Jets was—I mean—he he brings that gang green stank with him from New Jersey, and if. I was the football ops guy. I would politely decline Le'Veon Bell as an experience. Why? Uh, Because he has been in the last couple of years, his last year in Pittsburgh and the last, because he didn't even play the last year in Pittsburgh, he set out and then last season as well. He has been more trouble than he's worth in the last couple of years. Many football media guys are smitten kittens they also are ignoring the past. They, they really, they're, they're, this is a great story. you know. The, the cliche of a sports writer, they think everything's going to be amazing and wonderful and all that. Well, the great thing about us in sports radio, we think everything's going to be a failure. So it, it's, it's a balancing out of everything. Uh, and it seems like a lot of people who are in the football establishment media are suffering from amnesia. So let me bring up a couple of statistics here that we used the other day. Since the start of last season, Le'Veon Bell has averaged 3.3 yards per carry. He ranks out of 49 running backs that had the proper number of carries. He ranked 48th. There was only one running back who was more inefficient, Frank Gore. As a receiver, he has averaged just under 7 yards, Le'Veon Bell, per reception. That was supposed to be his meat and potatoes, right? His impact as a force multiplier but only seven yards, just under seven yards per reception, which is, out of 132 players who qualified, 125th. So he's in the 125th percentile for yards after the catch and yards per reception and all that. And and he has actually been so bad that you would be better off with just a generic running back, a replacement-level player, would have been better based on what Le'Veon Bell did with the Jets. Now, one of the golden rules of our show is this. Do not let a falling star fall on you. And until proven otherwise, that is my position on Le'Veon Bell. And I was a cheerleader for Le'Veon Bell when he was in Pittsburgh. This guy's great. He's amazing. Le'Veon has to show... That he's not done right now. The media is like, "Well, no, no." The, the media is like, "Well, Adam Gase is the reason, and that's why Le'Veon Bell played with You know, he played like rotten eggs, and he's contaminated by Jets itis. Right? He had Jets itis, which is a terrible disease. But now he's going to go to Kansas City. He'll go to quarantine for like a week, and then he'll be good to go. All right. Now, secondly, think of this in terms of the book that I should have written: Free Agency for Dummies. Right, The Chiefs, their argument, the the devil's advocate argument is they're betting very little and they think they're going to win a lot. That's their argument. right? If they can go into the hot tub time machine and find the pixie dust to get the Steelers version of Le'Veon Bell, then obviously I'll look like a jackass and Le'Veon Bell will be amazing and the Chiefs will be unbeatable and all that will be true. And he will be another flamethrower for Patrick Mahomes to to play with, another high-priced toy to play with. I'm not holding my breath here, all right? Andy Reid is taking a flyer on a guy who is known to be highly flammable, all right? He's rolling the dice, all right? He's throwing the dice uh, is what he's doing here, betting that Le'Veon Bell is going to do enough, keep keep him keep himself out of trouble, and then Andy Reid will have no regrets. But when all is said and done, as the line goes, more is said than done, and Kansas City This is the interesting test, and I was on our affiliate uh, in Kansas City, 610 Sports, uh, with Bob Fesco on his morning show uh, yesterday, and we talked about this, and the the possibility of Le'Veon Bell came up and all this stuff, and this is like an interesting test here because the Patriots have done this over the years where they take a guy that's kind of shady and shaky and reputation's not that great, and then they proceed to indoctrinate him The Patriots call it the Patriot way. So the Chiefs now, they're going to try to indoctrinate Le'Veon Bell into the culture of Kansas City. So let the brainwashing begin, is what I'm trying to say. And we know that Andy Reid loves a good reclamation project. When nobody would get near the puppy killer, Michael Vick, Andy Reid's like, all right, well, bring him in. Bring in Michael Vick to Philadelphia back in the day when nobody wanted anything to do with Michael Vick. Andy Reid's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm down with that. Bring him in. Uh, So if it works, you're the genius. Everyone says, oh, my God, Andy Reid, how amazing. If Le'Veon Bell turns out to be a Trojan horse, then the Chiefs can quickly hit the eject button just like that and pretend that this entire episode did not happen. All right, just get a little soap and water and you just wash your hands, right? You wash your hands, you move on, that's it. That's all. Now, final thought. So the move to sign Le'Veon Bell, L. Bell, you know what this really is? The most interesting part of this is not Le'Veon Bell, because we'll see what happens with him, but he's been a good player. He's been a bad player. We don't know which one is is going to stand out. This, this is a scathing indictment of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I listen, I like Edwards Hilaire. We're, we're high on him. We we loved him in the opener against the Texans. He ran through the Houston defense there in the opener and just dazzled. Right? He was the hot shot rookie out of LSU. He dazzled in the opener. And he has fizzled. Okay, he has fizzled in recent weeks. Now, Edward Tilaire has been a jag, but not a Jacksonville jag. He's been just a guy for the last four games. And clearly Andy Reid, who has been very positive in the comments that I have read out of the Chiefs facility, very positive, rah, rah, we like this kid, blah, 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 about Edward Tilaire. That is his public position, blowing smoke to the media, his actions are more important than his words. And his actions are saying, this guy is not good enough. We've got to bring somebody else in here. We need help at the running back position. Through six games, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been near the end zone, near the goal line, useless, right? Short yardage, goal-to-go plays. He has had the most rushes, nine, most rushes, nine, without a touchdown on goal-to-go plays this season. So assuming that Andy Reid... We assume he didn't sign Le'Veon Bell to be a bench warmer, and it it appears this is going to be a juggling situation, running back by committee with the hope that Le'Veon Bell will take the majority of the work. That's what it looks like, the early read, as a distant relative of the great Nostradamus and friend of Nostradamus, that that's what it looks like. So I, I would expect Bell to instantaneously, the moment he puts on the Chiefs uniform and walks through that door at Arrowhead, to take over the short yardage situations. That's an obvious. And and also, I think I think he's going to get a, a lot of playing time here based on the fact that Andy Reid's obviously at his wit's end here with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And it, it is not even the midway point of the season. Now, it's obvious that Edward Haller can get back in the good graces with Andy Reid, but this is a sign things not exactly going as planned, as we thought, uh, after that first game for the rookie running back, who looked like uh, the amazing bug on the rug. I, I love Everyone loves those little running backs that just squirt through the defense, and they're fun to watch. All right, here's the Ben Maller show as we press on. You want to take... Your, uh, we'll take your phone I, didn't, I don't think I took a call last hour. What the hell's up with that? Bad job by me. But I will correct that, sin. So we'll have a long segment. We'll take some phone calls here if you would like to fill up the lines. 877-99 on Fox. It is just a trinket. And a starting quarterback in the NFL has been sent a letter. A scathing letter of warning. What did the uh, current starting quarterback on one of the better teams in the NFL this season got reprimanded for something that he was a part of? We will explain that story. We'll take your calls. Also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. And we'll do it all. And we will do it
2: next. I'd like to talk about um, the Houston Astros, who are miserable cheaters.
1: That's right! Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Maller here. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com.
2: The way tire buying should be. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin.
4: Call one eight hundred Gambler.
5: Juan Gabriel, Juanes, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G,
3: La Bichota,
5: Christina Aguilera, Ex Tina, just to name a few.
3: We're serving the whole story
5: from rags to riches
3: and all the tea in between.
5: I'm Liliana Vasquez
3: and I'm Joseph Carri.
5: And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season Two.
3: Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurda Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Only a few rare birds are able to listen to all four hours of the Ben Maller Show live overnight, but thanks to podcasting, you have no excuse to miss a second. of our unorthodox chatter, subscribe to the Ben Maller Show podcast on iTunes and give us five stars. It's quick, painless, and a noise management. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. Pay off the instant tribute. By the way, big news, Eddie. I have been informed now by Kevin that somebody that I used to, when I was an autograph hound back in the day in Anaheim and used to stalk baseball players and get autographs and sell them, that Kevin knows somebody that I used to know back in that life. So oh, I'm, really? excited. I'm yeah. excited about yeah, that. Jim yeah, Jim
6: Rafferty. There you go. Yep. Great, yeah, I was
1: great a guy. We had a, we. I had such great memories chasing baseball players around and uh, at hotels and bars and strip clubs. Oh my god. If my mom only knew what I was doing in high school, chasing these guys. Oh, it was amazing. Anyway, 231 NFL players have been targeted at least eight times this season. Blank is the only one who has had a perfect passer rating when targeted. That is the question. What is the answer? And the answers come pouring in here in the magic Twitter machine. Uh, Just Josh is going with Alexa Bliss. As his standard answer, Marquise Lee from The Legal Tamperer. Don Cornelius from Milkman Mike. Uh, Let's see here. We've got Scott in Rhode Island. Says Jason in the truck's pink yard truck and with the fairies painted on it. Okay, thank you for that. Robert Woods, guest by Ken. Melvin is going with The Curse of the Bambino. Thank you for that. Larry Fitzgerald from Maddie in the Natty. Cole Beasley tossed out by Robbie, the Mariner fan. Matt, the Warrior Raider Race fan. What a jerk. He got it right. Bad job by you. Bad job by you. Manic Mike is going with A.J. Brown as his answer. Our buddy Sam says Willie Beeman is the, is the answer. Uh, Chip in the Q's checks in with Whoopi Pie Blair's mommy. That's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Robin, we haven't heard from Whoopi Pie Blair the last couple of weeks here. I think he maybe called in the beginning of last week, but it's been a while. Robin, Minnesota says Rip, Rick Upchurch is the selection. Uh, who else do we have? Manti Teow's dead fake girlfriend from Luke the Vending Guy. Paulie D got this right. Do you have an answer, Eddie, please? I'm going to go with Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle, there's a good name. Uh, believe it or not. From the Las Vegas Raiders, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, believe it. Remember last year? It seems like it was a million years ago. That guy in Philly that was catching. Remember the guy catching kids out of the burning building? And he said he caught the babies. Uh, yeah, unlike I that. unlike Aguilar, it was one of the great cheap shots of all time. <laughs> it was hilarious. Anyway, let's get to it. Here we go. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. Fire it.
6: This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
1: All right, here we go. What do we got here on the big Mallard of the third degree, Kevin?
6: All right, Ben, question number one. There are rumors swirling that Mike D'Antoni may be a candidate to join Steve Nash's staff with Brooklyn Nets. Ben, there's been plenty of interest in D'Antoni for head coaching positions. Do you see any chance of these rumors being true?
1: Yes, I I do. Listen, Mike D'Antoni hasn't really put roots down anywhere. He's lived like a military brat, right? The cliche, you know, he's accustomed to moving to a new base, different states, countries every couple of of years. He's lived, I think, in a dozen cities in his basketball career in the United States and Europe. So why not? And if if Mike D'Antoni can't get a head coaching job and that door hasn't completely closed, then he can keep working. Help out Steve Nash, one of his former star players. He loves New York City. He used to coach the Knicks. And remember, uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant said it's a coach by committee. So how about Mike D'Antoni coach every Tuesday so he can still be a head coach? Why not?
6: All right, uh, next. It's being said that Rajon Rondo is expected to opt out of his contract with the Lakers rather than take the $2.69 million play option he has. (laughs) So Ben, do you think the Lakers will pony up and keep Playoff Rondo around?
1: Uh, police. Come on. Listen, the Lakers Lakers are in an interesting spot because Dwight Howard's going to draw interest because he played better than expected. Rondo, I don't know about how much interest he's going to get. The Lakers are over the salary cap. They have to give Anthony Davis whatever he wants. And then after that, they've got to string together some players. The changeover is going to happen. Rondo's not a priority, he's not a core player. He's going to be 35 next season. A lot of miles on the odometer. If I'm, I hate giving the Lakers good advice, but I would bring in a younger guy. All right,
6: next. All right, Michael Thomas was expected to make his return last week, but in the midnight hour, he was scratched due to an incident involving a teammate. Ben, this is just the latest instance of Thomas acting up. Do the Saints have yeah. a Michael Thomas problem?
1: No, no, listen. You do a cost-benefit analysis. Does your performance out outlay your distraction outplay your distraction and as long as michael thomas puts up jerry rice like numbers which he's done so far you can be a problem child right the the old line is if you're good they will rationalize it like michael thomas will be dubbed the rare competitor who keeps his teammates honest in practice when he punches them if his performance goes down then he's the troublemaker the malcontent he's not worth the trouble that's generally how this works but, no, he's so, he's so good, and he's not going anywhere. They'll put up with it. All right,
6: how how'd we do there, Kevin? You gave the Lakers good advice. I got to fail you, man. That's true. Well, I, no, I think, <laughs> keep, keep on Bring back Byron Scott. We
1: need to grow the Maller militia. This is the program of the people, by the people, for the people. Let's help bring new listeners to the Magic Radio Box as we burn the midnight oil. If you'd like to help, please just post messages about the Ben Maller Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all other social media. Word of mouth advertising is invaluable. And now, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's Ben Maller. Knock,
2: knock. Who's
1: there? Lame week. Lame week. Who? It's Big Ben's lame joke of the week. All right, let's do it. We don't have a lot of time, so let's get to our we'll bonus jokes next hour. But here we go. We begin the lame jokes. Thanks to all the joke writers. Why are Bartolo Colon and Pluto upset at Lizzo? Uh, I don't know. Why would they be upset with her? Because they weren't chosen as the ninth planet, Eddie. <laughs> so, Alex, the cynical. Why is it easy to make fun of Dak Prescott's injury? I don't know. Why is it easy? Apparently, he can't stand up for himself, Eddie. So, yeah. so, I'm Ran in Vancouver. Shout out to our Canadian friends. What does a Dak Prescott and a Ben Maller joke segment have in common? Uh, I don't know. What do they have in common? Both are lame. Both are lame. Uh, that is true. Thank you, I'm Ram. Uh, what do you call a snowman in the desert? A snowman in the desert. What do you call him? An oasis. <laughs> It's a bill in Linville, a bill, a bill from uh, Noblesville, rather, uh, in Indiana. Thank you, Bill. Uh, did you know that the CDC recommends no one, uh, no gatherings of over ten people, Eddie? Oh, is that right? Yeah, the Rays said they plan to safely go forward with their parade, so they don't have to worry about that. If they, if they win, they're good to go. Uh, which segment does Jose Albuve wish he uh, we bring back on the Ben Maller Show? I don't know what is that. Tinderoni yips. It's a Kurt from Earth. I saw Altuve got picked off. Uh, He had a couple of base running blunders in that game. Why does LeBron despise the ancient Romans? I don't know. Why would he despise the ancient Romans? Because they slighted him by labeling this side of history AD. And that bothers LeBron, Eddie, because, you know. It's not about him. Uh, that's Inca Terror with a nuanced joke. Why did the pigeon poop on Philip Rivers? Uh, I don't know. Why did he do that? Because he's now a statue, Eddie. That's why. <laughs> so, Eek, Eek in Roseville, Minnesota, what's the only type of parties California Governor Newsom might allow for Halloween? Uh, I don't know. Mask arrayed parties. <laughs> huh? That was Eek in Roseville, Minnesota. What do you call a woman in the middle of the tennis court? Uh, I don't know. What do you call her? Annette. (laughs) Uh, That's can't close the deal, Neil. These are actual lame jokes of the week sent in by actual listeners. Here's another one from can't close the deal, Neil. Let's see here. Did you hear that the Lego store reopened? No, I did not hear that. Yeah, people were lined up for blocks. you know what the Astros and Lakers championship rings and hemorrhoids have in common? No, I sure don't. What what do they have in common? Sooner or later, every a-hole has one. (laughs) It's Gary from Youngstown, Ohio. Speak Big Ben's Lame Jokes of the Week. Anthony in Anaheim sent this one in. Who was Scott Pottsednik's favorite Backstreet Boy? Oh, I don't know who's his favorite Backstreet Boy. Nick (laughs) Cliché. All right. Do you know it's 14 inches long and hangs in front of an a-hole? I do not. LeBron's tie. It? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Gary from Youngstown. Big LeBron fan there in Youngstown, Ohio, which is halfway between Chicago and New York City. All right. Let's see here. Who does OBJ listen to in the hot tub with his ladies? Oh, I'm afraid to ask uh, who. Muddy Waters. <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> Gordon at Tacoma <laughs> what do you call OBJ standing in your flower bed and staring at you through the window I don't know what do you call him a pooping tom according to the Gordon at Tacoma <laughs> what does Bob Kraft consider an exotic pet I don't know when the masseuse uses her other hand that's uh George in Rochester, Minnesota. Who is Tom Brady's least favorite Sesame Street character? Tom Brady's least favorite Sesame Street character. I don't know. Who is that? The Count. (laughs) Turnpike Bob in Ohio. Thank you, Turnpike Bob. Why do Gordon and Tacoma and Ozzy Momentum play football on AstroTurf? Uh, I don't know. Why do they do that? It keeps them from grazing. Tammy... Tammy in Montana, she says, Gordon in Tacoma is so stupid. How stupid is he? He thinks that Roe versus Wade is two ways to cross a river. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tammy, again, now we have some, some Pinto jokes. Uh, Pinto revealed on the radio that he saw a pussycat on the road and went over and grabbed it, Eddie. Yeah, I heard that. He later defended himself saying it's only locker room talk, is what he said. That's... I'm ran in Vancouver. Why is Pinto after Brian Finley's mom? Uh, Why is that? I don't know. Because now he's trying to catch a cougar. uh, Chris in the morning. (laughs) How does a bobcat get around the hills of Hollywood? Uh, How in a Pinto? Come on, please. That's easy. That's uh, just Josh. Uh, What does Pinto feed Malia? That's the name of the bobcat. I don't know. What does he uh, feed her? Whatever in the hell she wants, Eddie, of course. All right. Why does Phylexis have only seven toes? Uh, why is that? Because spent a night with Pinto. That's why. From Josh. More jokes to come. All right.
5: Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And
0: I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound...